This is WRAL News at 7 with special coverage of coronavirus. Facts, not fear. There is a growing push to reopen the state's economy as the state's top doctor says North Carolina's peak is not on the horizon. Good evening, I'm Gerald Owens. And I'm Deborah Morgan. Thank you for joining us. Today we passed 5,000 confirmed cases of coronavirus in North Carolina. The past 24 hours also saw the highest number of deaths so far reported in one day, with 17 bringing the total to 121. 434 patients have recovered. In her update today, State Health and Human Services Secretary Dr. Mandy Cohen said she does not see a peak for cases in our state just yet. I don't see a peak um, at this moment in time. It doesn't mean I see a surge either. Um, so I think what that is telling us is we want to continue with the stay-at-home efforts um, to continue to social distance, to continue to follow um, those orders, to continue um, to wash hands and do all of those important things, making sure you're social distancing even when you go out to the grocery store, to the pharmacy. All of those things are working, and we'll have to continue to watch these trends over the next number of days and weeks to understand exactly where are we um, as North Carolina in a state, and particularly are there regions of our our state that are acting differently th uh, than others that we need to respond to. As we all anxiously await a peak in North Carolina, so are those health workers on the front lines. In her WREL video blog update today, Duke Regional Nurse Ashley Wheeler spoke directly to the importance of social distancing. I think that the social distancing has to be working. Coming up in this half hour, more from the front lines from her latest shift, where she also talks about both how important and how challenging the PPE situation is. This half hour, we're also talking about the stimulus checks, which are already rolling out. Will they have an effect on our recovery? David Crabtree talks with a local economist to answer your questions about turning things back on in North Carolina and the struggle small businesses are facing as loan money quickly runs out. But first, an update from the past 90 minutes from Johnston County. Four more residents at the Springbrook Rehabilitation and Nursing Center in Clayton have died from coronavirus-related complications. Two other residents died there more than a week ago. The White House briefing is still going on. Let's check in now with Mark Boyle. He's in the Live Center with an update. Mark. Gerald, the president still speaking right now and taking some questions from reporters at the White House. One of the topics that he's been speaking about for quite some time is the date on when states will reopen for business. He says he's working with the governors and there will be individual dates, some as early as May 1st in terms of the plans that are going to be rolled out. He stressed that you'll, you'll hear some of these plans in the very near future. Also new today, the president talked about halting the World Health Organization funding. The United States pays tens of millions of dollars a year to the organization. He says missed the mark in terms of catching the coronavirus when it was starting in China. Take a listen. Today I'm instructing my administration to halt funding of the World Health Organization while a review is conducted to assess the World Health Organization's role in severely mismanaging and covering up the spread of the coronavirus. If you'd like to watch the president's briefing right now, you can do so on air on WRAL2 or on our digital platforms on WRAL.com. Back to you. Thank you, Mark. The latest stimulus support to start rolling in from the CARES Act is money for aviation in airports across the country. And more than $283 million is coming to help 72 airports here in North Carolina. The biggest individual payouts are going to Charlotte Douglas International, $135.5 million. Raleigh-Durham International will receive just under $46 million. 
This money is meant to replace lost revenue from the decline in passenger traffic. The pandemic is not stopping a North Carolina-based solar energy company from hiring. Today, Power Home announced it's bringing 100 jobs to Raleigh. The office on Folsom News Road will be the third location in North Carolina. The company's CEO said in a statement, despite a massive disruption to the economy, consumer interest in solar continues. Today, dozens of people protested on Jones Street in an effort to get the state's economy moving again. They honked their horns and held signs, prompting Capitol Police to show up and warn them about social distancing. At least 100 people showed up. Police arrested one person. They're urging the governor and lawmakers to expedite the economic recovery by opening businesses sooner. So there we have people hitting the streets. 100 people wanting to reopen businesses. Support for the airports and some industries are actually hiring during all of this. Trying, it's hard at times to make sense of this with the stimulus checks also rolling out. So here to discuss the latest impacts on the economy and the efforts to reopen North Carolina is North Carolina Central University economist, Dr. Henry McCoy. Dr. McCoy, as always, thanks to, uh, for talking with us. Let's get right to this. People want to reopen the economy. At least some do. People are anxious. The governor is saying not yet. It is too dangerous. How do we find a way to do this together? Well, I think it's incredibly important to keep in mind, again, that, that this is an economic crisis that's driven by a health crisis. And if we actually open up the economy too quickly, then we're going to have um, these lingering effects. And so it's probably good to take the medicine, so to speak, right this moment. Um, but to really understand that we have to do this together as a state, as a nation, um, to get this coronavirus behind us um, so that we don't have to have these starts and stops um, from, you know, prematurely reopening the economy and then finding ourselves in a few months down the road um, having to shut it down again. You know, we're looking at economic carnage, both in North Carolina and across the country. Are we capable of working together on this? I don't know. You know, if you watch the news coverage, uh, it can get pretty political um, from time to time. Um, for example, uh, you know, we, we saw recently with the um, Smithfield Farms, Smithfield um, um, site in South Dakota and um, South Dakota shut down the economy. And so what we're finding is that it seems like that there is some uh, political maneuvering and certainly with the election that's coming up at the federal level, um, you know, folks are going to be trying to figure out how to position themselves and posture themselves to make sure that this coronavirus can either help their political um, strategy or, or uh, hopefully not hurt it. But the is, is that we have to find a way as a country to really work together on this as a state, um, even as a, as a world. One thing that the coronavirus has shown us is that we are really one world and uh, what affects one uh, area very far away can affect another area. And so, if there was never a time before that we have to figure out how to work together, this is the time. And, and before we move on for, from this, just one more time, to those 100 people who were out marching today, people driving by blowing horns, what do you say to them about waiting? Well, I mean, I think it's certainly uh, understandable that folks are anxious and folks have to pay their bills. Folks have to eat. Folks have to be able to survive. And so, I mean, that's understandable. But at the same time, again, the question becomes whether do you, do you take the medicine in the short term and create a better long term outcome or do you try to reopen things too quickly? And then we see this same kind of epidemic happening over and over again. And so 
certainly I think that, you know, we all should be compassionate and, and feel for individuals uh, who aren't getting paychecks, whose businesses are on the um, brink of shutting down, whose families are, are really struggling. But at the same time, again, uh, we have to figure out how to make this happen in a way that we don't see these same challenges um, in the forefront two and three months down the road. Dr. McCoy, we will see a recovery. We'll, we will be out of this at some point. At this point in time, can you predict the type of recovery you think we'll see? Well, I don't know if I can predict it. Um, you know, forecasting is a, is, a, is a very hard science, but I will say this. I don't see it happening all at once. Uh, you know, I think the president talked early on in his messaging that, you know, almost like we were going to turn on a light switch and it was going to go from, um, you know, what we see today to all of a sudden stock market is going to be, um, you know, shooting up to new heights and that the economy is going to be opening in full blast. I don't see that. What I do see is uh, an economy that's opened up slowly, that uh, allows some level of um, folks coming back into the workforce. And we got to keep in mind also the reality of it is that a lot of folks aren't going to come back into the workforce because the businesses that they work at won't be opening back up again. And so I think the forecast in terms of what the economy is going to look like as it opens up is going to be spotty. And businesses are going to reopen and there are going to be things that pretty much go almost from, from off the own, but then other things like travel, things like that, until we get the coronavirus under control from a health standpoint, I think people are going to be leery about doing certain things. And so I can't see this happening all at once. It's going to have to be some kind of gradual reopening. Dr. Henry McCoy, we're going to take a short break and continue this conversation on the other side of the break. I want to ask you when we come back about small businesses and the stock market's silent recovery as an important topic as well. We'll be right back. This is WRAL News special coverage. Facts, not fear. Welcome back. We're continuing our conversation now with North Carolina Central University economist, Dr. Henry McCoy. Dr. McCoy, small businesses, of course, are struggling. And just yesterday, the CEO of the Bankers Association told WREL TechWire the money allotted in the CARE Act could run out by Wednesday. Wednesday. We're hearing from small businesses. What are their recent concerns and how would you advise them now on the resources available to them? Well, I think um, we've all heard that this money is running through quickly and the amount of demand for the money has um, dried it up very quickly. And so one of the things that I hear a lot about in the last couple of days is, a, is about the just the confusion and some of the ways of getting access to capital. Um, I've been hearing a lot of uh, small businesses saying that, wait a minute, it feels like the goalposts are being moved. Certainly, we've all heard about these stories where individuals are going to the banks they've been banking at for quite a while and they just aren't able to get on that um, into the loan portal and banks are sending them elsewhere. And so small businesses are feeling extremely frustrated with the process as it is right now. And so I think that that certainly um, speaks to perhaps the speed by which this was done, but also maybe that there could have been some better um, frameworks put in place in order to get this money into the hands of small businesses. And so there's been kind of an unevenness to what I'm seeing in terms of businesses getting access to money. Uh, you know, certainly there's no silver bullets, but individuals and businesses need money um, quickly. And so there are resources out there, um, organizations like SBTDC, which is a state organization uh, which 
businesses can call and hopefully help to try to navigate through those different um, hurdles that they see organizations like SCORE. And so I would encourage the, the business owners, even as frustrating as it is, to just keep trying to push um, that that um, boulder up the hill um, and you know, use these resources as you can to really try to get over some of these hurdles. Let's talk about stock market for a moment. When it's down, we talk about it a lot. And it was for weeks. The last time we saw historic gains with the Dow coming off one of the largest weeks ever. We had an incredible day today for the markets. The um, uh, Nasdaq was up almost 4% today. We're always told when the market's down, just stay the course, stay the course. But we have never seen what we're dealing with now. How do investors know where to look? Well, it is extremely tough. So we saw in this um, recent quarter that the stock market dropped, dropped by about 40 percent, uh, which is a monumental drop. And, you know, again, as I've said before, I feel like that this um, crisis is going to fall somewhere between um, the Great Depression of 1929 and the Great Recession that we saw in 2008. And certainly the stock market is a gauge of that. Um, I do believe that's important to state, of course, because stock markets rebound, as we've seen over the last um, century, really, the stock market does rise over time. Now, obviously, the challenge here is that whenever you have money in the stock market and maybe you need those monies, you have to sometimes sell at a loss. Um, you can't be a patient investor sometimes when you have to have the resources uh, in your pocket. Certainly, a stock market like this that saw such a dramatic decline is good for some individuals who have the capital to go in and, and buy low and wait the course and then sell high. But for a lot of folks, it is a challenge. Hopefully, I mean, folks realize that, you know, perhaps if they wait the course, that their 401ks and IRAs and things of that nature will um, continue to rise over time. But certainly, um, I do feel like the stock market is one of those things that because uh, it was dramatically impacted by the, the pandemic, that as the economy opens back up, we're going to see it continue to rise. Um, now, you know, when it will get to the record levels that it had before, it's hard to say, but I do believe that as the economy starts moving closer and closer to opening up, I think people are feeling more comfortable around the world as markets are opening up and things of that nature that, okay, the stock market is going to rise um, for us. In the meantime, if you're waiting on an unemployment check right now, you're not really watching the market. Dr. Henry McCoy, economist and professor at North Carolina Central. As always, we thank you for your time. Thank you, David. I'm Mark Boyle in the Live Center. You may recall we reported on Durham Public Schools stopping their meal program because a worker contracted the coronavirus. Well, new today, thanks to some Durham restaurants, volunteers, nonprofits, the school district, and the county, those meals are going to resume. Really good news. Here's the starting date, Thursday, April 16th, so just a few days away. A big list right here, different times, different schools, Mondays, Tuesdays, Tuesdays, and Fridays. We've posted all this information on our website, WRAL.com. We're going to send things back to you guys, but this is really a relief right here for a lot of families with kids who are in need during this time. Back to you. Thank you, Mark. Just a week after Raleigh City leaders pulled the plug on plans to add the Dix Park referendum to the bond this November, they're moving forward with plans to include the affordable housing one. The latest effort to get input from the public is a survey being shared by city leaders. This is video from their last meeting in February. The survey is open through May 3rd and available on the city of Raleigh's website. In addition to offering seniors only shopping hours, Walmart is taking it to the next level by offering seniors and at risk only pickup hours. 
The store will now reserve the 7 to 8 a.m. hour for specific shoppers at 2,400 stores. That includes people over 60, first responders, customers with disabilities, and anyone considered high risk. Walmart is also making those pickups contact-free to reduce the risk of spreading germs. While many of you might be preparing dinner at this hour and looking for new recipes to try, local chefs want to offer you some tips. Chef Kyle Tears from Whiskey Kitchen is the first up to the counter. He and others will be sharing their favorite comfort food recipes with ingredients you can find at home. Tears started with the restaurant's potato salad. Mm. You can grab the recipe and see more ideas from the Out and About blog. Just one of the many resources we have available to you on WRL.com. Coming up next on the front line at Duke Regional Hospital, the latest video blog from our local nurse sharing her experience in caring for local COVID-19 patients. She updates the conditions she is dealing with and has the impact of social distancing. We hope you'll tune in tonight for another NBC News primetime special coronavirus pandemic. Hoda and I will be anchoring to update you on the latest efforts to slow down the spread of COVID-19. Plus, with the critical shortage of protective gear, a solution from a team of engineers and doctors working at breakneck pace to design new face shields. Also, our coronavirus crisis experts will be answering your questions about health, safety, and money matters, information you'll want to hear. And we'll also bring you an evening boost. Good news we need right now. We hope you'll join us tonight. WRL worked with Duke University Health System to identify Ashley Wheeler as an exemplary nurse on the front lines of COVID-19. We've been bringing you her report since last week. Today she discusses the challenges of working with personal protective equipment and as a message for all of us when it comes to social distancing. I only worked half a shift today. I just left a room. Um, I'd spent about 45 minutes getting a patient checked in and triage vital signs and trying to start the workup on a normal day pre-COVID. This would have been a difficult IV start and probably would have taken, you know, 20 minutes. Uh, I had to start the IV and do everything with a plastic gown on, uh, two pairs of gloves, a face shield over my N95 mask. I sweat so much that I, the face shield fogged up, so then I'm trying to see through foggy plastic. Luckily, you know, starting IVs is more by feel than by sight because I couldn't really see much. Um, it feels a little bit like Groundhog Day around here. I think some of the novelty has worn off. I know I feel very weary. It seemed like my coworkers were not quite as perky and talkative today. It's just kind of a quiet, um, a quiet, just forward movement. We're all just doing what we need to do. We're putting on our PPE. We take off our PPE. We do it again. We do it again. We do it again. Um, I think that the social distancing 
has to be working because the presentations are still, I mean, essentially the same as they've been for the last week or so. So I really am grateful to everyone for staying home and for minimizing your contact with everybody. I know it's hard. It's so boring. And I know this video might be boring. I, I sincerely hope that if I keep doing any sort of video journal that it stays pretty low key because in this case, if it got interesting, that would be bad. I don't want this to become interesting because that would mean there was a lot more to tell. And I really just hope we can finish this out. It might still take weeks, but I'm really grateful that we seem to be kind of steady. Uh, let's keep it boring. Just keep watching Netflix. It's not boring in, in the sense that we can all benefit from her experience in the hospital. She's it's unbelievable. Remarkable. Just looks so tired. Mm -hmm. A Wheeler has been a nurse for 13 years, all of it in the emergency department. She lives in Hillsboro with her three children, including a six month old. So she spends her time outside of work, making sure that they are staying healthy. Boy, what she does, the face shields fogging up, the things that she goes through to try to help people. We thank her so much for what she does and to Duke for this access. We expect to hear more from her throughout the week. We're also bringing you daily podcast updates, five minute briefs available for download in the afternoon, available for free wherever you download your podcasts. We also have an update to our Here to Help initiative for the United Way Rapid Response Fund. That's right, we're pleased to report more than $277,000 is being distributed to 26 local nonprofits, providing critical resources for families in our community. Combine this with our restaurant fundraising initiative last month, and we've raised over a million dollars. We thank you for your help in this effort. Fantastic. And we thank you for making WREL your choice for news.